This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's Paul Sokolis. With special guest, Eric Franz, chairperson of the Cleveland section of the Society of Automotive Engineers. Hello, welcome to another installment of the On All Cylinders Podcast. You got me for your host again, Paul Sokolis. And joining me is uh, Eric Franz, chairperson of the Cleveland section of the Society of Automotive Engineers. And we brought Eric on for for a really, really important reason. Anything, whether it's fine arts, sports, camping, whatever, to ensure its long-term viability, you need to make sure there's an upcoming generation ready to take over to um, revitalize it with fresh talent. And that's especially true for something like building hot rods or, or race cars, where there's kind of a steep learning curve. Like, you have to understand and know the skills before you can really engage in a hobby, right? And so Eric is here to talk to us about Formula SAE, and he will do a a far better job explaining it than I will. So I'll shut up and let him do it. But uh, before we get to that, uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me on, Paul. We'll we'll start this interview the way I like to start a lot of them. Um, Before we talk about uh, Formula SAE, I want to know how you got to be a gearhead. What started you along this path to, to working on cars, being excited about wrenching on engines and stuff like that? I've been a gearhead as long as I can remember. I was I was one of those kids with, you know, the pictures of the Ferraris and everything on my wall. So, you know, I've always been into cars, matchbox. Started out with, you know, micro machines and matchbox cars and progressed from there. I really grew up more when I started driving. I was a I was a Jeep guy. Uh, I kind of still am at heart. So, I I was, you know, crawling around in the woods at 10 miles an hour and trying to climb over rocks and stuff. I Spent many, many years and a lot of time and money working on, I've got a 91 Jeep Cherokee or at least what's left of it. It's currently in more pieces than it isn't on jack stands in the garage because about five or six, seven years ago, maybe, uh, I fell backwards into a into a sports car. It's a pretty heavily modified 350Z and I started doing some autocross and doing track days and now I've graduated into time trial and HPDE and endurance racing and found out, you know, going fast is fun too. So. Doing that, I am a mechanical engineer by trade. So uh, I have a mechanical engineering degree from Clarkson University. It's an upstate school. I'll give them a quick plug. But for work, I, I help design tools that assemble vehicles in the automotive plants. Uh, I basically make computer-controlled torque wrenches. So that that's kind of what I do for a living. And I got involved with SAE at the collegiate level in a different program, which we'll mention here in a bit too. And then after I graduated, I was working in Connecticut, didn't really stay too involved then, moved into Cleveland, started getting emails from this local section, started going to events. And, you know, as as is often the case, if you start showing up, people start asking for help. And I got recruited, got on the board uh, of the Cleveland section, and, and I've been on the board for, for quite a few years now doing various roles. But uh, as, as you kind of mentioned, I'm the current chairperson. I guess that's a probably a probably relatively decent rambling in, intro for myself. <laughs> no, man, that's cool because I always like to ask people what led them to be a gearhead, like what ignited their passion for for all things automotive, and and certainly you painted a pretty thorough picture there. So now that we got that out of the way, um, the point of this interview is, is going to be all about Formula SAE. Admittedly, I'm only a, a tad knowledgeable in what it is and what it's all about, um, but I'm sure some of our listeners are completely unaware that these kind of programs exist. So can you give us kind of a, an overview of what Formula SAE encompasses and what it's designed to accomplish and what its intent is? 
So Formula SAE is actually part of a bigger program. So SAE, Society of Automotive Engineers, it's a little bit of a misnomer. It's really mobility at this point. It started out as truly automotive, but now it's pretty much anything that moves people, goods, whatever. And there's different wings to SAE International. There's a standards wing. So if you've ever picked up a US thread, you know, an English thread bolt, that's with an SAE standard, that's SAE. But they're also tied in with all your charge ports and tons of automotive, aeronautical standards, things like that. There's also a a philanthropic wing. And then there's the sections, which is what I'm I, I'm representing here. And that's that's really the member engagement side of things. But in order to kind of instill good engineering principles and to get people interested in both SAE and the automotive industry and things like that, SAE has developed what they call their collegiate design series. And it's actually uh, seven different, currently there are, sorry, six, six different programs. There is Formula SAE. There's also a Baja SAE. There's also an SAE Clean Snowmobile Challenge. Those are probably the three, and we could spend a little bit of time on each of those, but those are probably the three that are most interest of most interest to probably your listeners. But there is also an Aero Design Challenge, and then there's two autonomous programs called uh, One's Auto Drive Challenge 2. It's actually the second iteration of that program. And then there's also a Mission Autono. Those are, are working towards higher and higher levels of autonomous vehicle. But let's step back because we want to talk about Formula SAE and Baja SAE, and, and we could maybe even touch on Clean Snowmobile. These are collegiate design and build competitions. So these are college students. It's primarily undergraduate, but there is some graduate level as well. And the students every year will design, build, and race a vehicle in these competitions. In Formula SAE, there's three, there's currently three different levels, three different parts of the series. There is the combustion, which has been the longest running. There is now a hybrid. So, you know, just like in a hybrid car, but there, for the past couple of years, there's also been a Formula SAE electric. So purely electric cars. These are mini formula style cars. So open wheel, single seat cars. They're they're small. They'll fit in the back of a eight foot bed pickup truck. So that gives you kind of an idea about the size. We, and we can get into more later if you want to. But it, basically, the students are literally using all the design principles that they've gone through in their classrooms and everything else. And they are designing frames. They are designing suspension members. They are they're learning to machine they're working with composites. They are working with aerodynamics. And the rule book is thick, but fairly open on engines. They have, at least on the combustion side, right? They've got, they have some engine limits, some displacement limits. There are restrictor plates and things like that, depending on what engines they choose. But otherwise, the basic vehicle is, other than safety, is, is pretty open. And then obviously the hybrid side, there's, you know, they've got different engine and, and powertrain requirements and the electric, they've got battery and, and motor size limits or wattage limits that they work to. But so they're, they're designing this small formula style race car and, and they, they spend a, a year designing and building it and fabricating it. And then they go and compete in various, various competitions. The Baja SAE is, in all honesty, it, it's almost the predecessor to the side-by-side. This is... I mean, a lot of people kind of look at it as just a go-kart, but it's it's a lot more than that. Once again, just like the Formula SAE, it is designing from scratch a roll cage system, suspension, drivetrain, 
But the difference in that series is they use a, a series regulated motor. So they've been using a Briggs and Stratton motor. I think this year they just changed over to a Kohler motor, but it is a off the shelf motor. They're not allowed to touch. So it's who can build the best vehicle around that motor. And they have a series of, of events that they do and and the events have changed over time. Um, those cars actually used to be have to be amphibious. Uh, when I was I was on a Baja SAE team when I was in college, and our car actually floated. It was amphibious. We actually had to race across a lake or a pond as part of the race series. And then touching on clean snowmobile, just because once again that's probably the most of mo- the three most interesting for your listeners. Clean snowmobile, it is a challenge to make snowmobiles more environmentally friendly. It is quieter, more fuel efficient. Currently, they have a compression ignition uh, competition, so diesel, which most people don't even realize diesel uh, snowmobiles exist. And there's also a spark ignition category. So that could be gas, it could be compressed natural gas, anything that uses a spark plug. There used to be an electric one, and I'm not entirely sure why that one got discontinued, but right now there's, there's just those two categories. And they're all designing, building, and competing with these vehicles that they've they've built throughout their college years. You said they're designing and building. Uh, does that mean the students in the programs are spending as much time behind a keyboard as they are, say, a lathe or a drill press? Yeah, it does. Um, and, and it's it's going to be somewhat school dependent. Uh, different schools have different resources. Uh, but yeah, the, these students are learning welding skills. They're learning machining skills, drafting skills. I mean, everything that they would potentially use in the real world. And it's not only is it great skills that they're learning for life that you wouldn't get in a normal engineering program, it also is great for tying in a bunch of those, you know, well, I read it in the book. Well, how does that actually apply, right? Because you can read all you want and do all the, you know, all the homework and all the problems of calculating stresses or, or whatever you're doing in your particular engineering program or, you know, calculating flow of electrons or how batteries work if you're in like that formula SAE electric. But when you actually have to build it, well, your design may not be something that you can build. And you start learning that really quickly. And it, it, it ends up making much more practical engineers. I mean, everybody's heard of, oh, that's that engineer is just book smart. Well, the students coming out of these programs, they're not just book smart, right? They are, they can practice what they preach. They can do what they, what they've learned. So that to me immediately begs the question, do you have to be in an engineering major or an engineering adjacent major to participate in a formula SAE program? Say a communications major with a hot rod or a Jeep in their garage that they worked on as a teenager. Could they join one of these teams? So from the SAE program standpoint, no, it is literally open to all students. Anybody who is interested can become a student SAE member and join a team. That's not to say that some schools don't have some restrictions. Some schools run these programs as though they're like a club or almost like a club sport, we'll say, or or like your, you know, your union board or, or some other entertainment group. Some schools do run them more like they're a senior design project. So schools like that, it, it may only be mechanical engineering students or some other specific degree path students. But majority of schools, at least majority of the teams I'm aware of, they, they have a, a mix. And in all honesty, a lot of teams now actively recruit business students, marketing students, communication students, because these, these programs not only are 
are they designing and building and raising? Most of these programs are not cheap and most of the schools don't provide enough money. So they need to get sponsors. So having a communications major on board, uh, they can, they can help handle the website. They can help run the social media. So they're getting, they're getting real world experience too. All of these programs, not only are you competing with the physical vehicle, there are design reports, there are cost reports that are due because most of these are designed around some kind of theoretical, if you were going to build this for a production run of X thousand units, what would it cost to build? And they, they, in the rule book, there's a whole formula of, you know, what things would cost at, at volume. So you're, you're submitting cost reports and you're submitting design reports. So once again, like a business major, it's a perfect opportunity for them to get involved and get some real world experience to put together those cost reports. So the better teams, they're not generally just engineering students. There are a, a wide range of students that, you know, most of them, they're just interested in cars. Sometimes they're not even that interested in cars. They just want the experience. That, that's fascinating because you are often talking about a manufacturing design production perspective, but even from my side of the fence, a lot of the functions you're describing, like um, social media and, and PR, those are critical elements in like a high performance race program. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it it is a, you know, basically a collegiate race team. Now, this sounds like a, a pretty intensive program. Um, can you speak a bit on the level of time commitment a student may have if they want to participate in one of these teams? It's tough to say. I mean, once again, this is going to be team dependent. And if it is part of a senior design program, then there's going to be credits involved. Most schools, if it's a club, there's no credits necessarily involved. Sometimes you can get some credits for it. Uh, my university, I could use them for towards credit for some of my um, uh, some of my elective credits. But in general, you know, the teams that are running more as a club, it's up to the student to decide how much time that they're willing to put in. Um, I can tell you that most teams. The, the dedicated, the, the true dedicated core members that are really interested and really involved, they can be putting in 30 to 40 hours a week over their class load. So, I mean, it, it becomes a full-time job on top of class load. So they, 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 it can take a lot of effort and a lot of time to build these vehicles. Well, then taking that question a logical step forward, um, can you kind of describe what a typical Formula SAE or Baja SAE team schedule or calendar year looks like? Um, it starts out, the students come, you know, they start their fall semester and the teams kind of get back and recoup. A lot of the times they've, they've come back from competition over the summer and they, they probably just, you know, pull the trailer in or unpack, or maybe they didn't even unpack. So a lot of the times it's go through, take stock, reevaluate how the season went last year, start recruiting new freshmen and, and new students to start joining the team. Some teams will start designing over the summer. They may have their dedicated core of, of team captains and things like that that may kind of work through the summer. But fall starts, they start working on design, going through data, going through what worked, what didn't work. Uh, they start you know, training training freshmen. They're not necessarily going to be able to do the most from a true design standpoint, but you want to start training them early, getting them certified on, on running machines in the machine shop or learning to weld, if depending on how the schools run it. Or, you know, learning composites, because especially with Formula SAE, there is a lot of carbon fiber involved. So, you know, as the year progresses, they they start finalizing designs, start fabricating, working with their sponsors. If there's stuff they can't fabricate in-house, they've got to work with outside sources and deal with that. Typically, come mid to late winter, they start assembling. 
as they get sub assemblies, they start putting stuff together. They build up the frame, start building, testing. Early spring, teams are out whenever they can get an opportunity testing the cars. And then late spring, early summer, that's when the competition competition season starts. So uh, they're off to Michigan. And if they're lucky and they, they they can afford the budget, they may be off to Austria or Germany for, for one of the races overseas. And then, you know, fall starts up and they repeat the process. Wow. So so teams compete in continental Europe, too. That's that's amazing. Um, you mentioned Michigan. Are there any other high profile events in North America? There is only one North America event, and it is the Formula SAE and SAE Electric event both at Michigan International Speedway. They do not take place at the same time. So that's that's your North America highlight. There are sometimes unofficial events that some of the universities put on. I know that's pretty popular with the Baja program. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I know a little bit more and I'm a little more involved with the Baja program. There are some unofficial races throughout the throughout the year. There's, there's a, a winter race that one of the schools puts on uh, and they're all racing around in the snow. My university has started running one in October. Uh, there's a night race that one of the teams puts on. So one of the universities puts on. So the best option, if you're interested in trying to figure out where you could potentially watch some of these events is to go to the formula or to go to the SAE website, uh, SAE.org. And you can look for, there's an attend tab and then events or student events. And, and that's, that's one way to do it. Or you can look up, I said, the series is formula SAE and you can do a, your, whatever your preferred search engine is and, and start finding information that way. So, uh, and I don't expect an exhaustive list here, but can you give an idea of how many schools and universities have SAE programs? Um, I know, for instance, the University of Akron in Summit Racing's backyard has a team. And given its proximity to Detroit, I'm sure the University of Michigan has one. How many other uh, schools and colleges and universities have programs like this? So to give you an idea of how big this event is, the, the Formula SAE event in Michigan is capped at 120 teams. So there are uh, quite a few, and actually the electric event is capped at 75 universities. So there, there are a lot of universities that are competing in this. Most of your big name schools, pretty much any school that's got a major engineering program is probably competing at this point. You mentioned uh, University of Akron, uh, the Akron Zips team. I'm not from this area. I didn't realize quite the powerhouse they are. We're actually quite lucky. They're a they're a, generally a top 10 international team, often top five. They are, for what is not necessarily considered a big engineering university, when people start talking all the big names, boy, man, they are something impressive. You see their car and they're running a carbon monocoque shell, just like a formula car. They've got active aero, multi-element wings. Heck, they're even with our, you know, we're here in Northeast Ohio, where a lot of the tire manufacturers are there in, in Akron, they're actually helping Goodyear with tire testing because of some of the connections they've got. So with 120 universities, as I said, if it's, a, if it's a major university, even a minor university with an engineering program, there's a good chance that they have, a, that, that you have the opportunity to get involved. You just alluded to something that I wanted to get into anyway, and now's a, a good as time as any. You mentioned the University of Akron's Formula SAE team and its obvious regional ties to Goodyear. And I'm assuming here that there were probably quite a few alumni of that Formula SAE team with strong connections inside that company. 
which makes me kind of wonder, can you stay involved in a Formula SAE team as an alumni? I mean, I can only imagine the kind of brain drain that these teams get with every graduating senior class. It seems to me alumni involvement is a great hedge against that. Yeah, you absolutely can stay involved. There's there's a lot of ways to stay involved. And and that kind of knowledge drain, the better teams, that's that's where they they bring in the the freshmen and and new students early so that they don't get that brain drain. Um that that has certainly been a problem with certain teams and and over the years and COVID, I know talking to some of our local teams caused some of that, but in general most of the teams are actually really good at training the younger students so that they they don't get that brain drain. But after you graduate, like I said it's a collegiate it's a collegiate competition. So after you graduate, if you want to stay involved, there's a lot of things you can do. You can work with your company to help sponsor your, you know, alumni team, reach reach back and kind of help out because you know how hard it is to to get some of that money. You could volunteer to work with the team on sitting in on design reviews. Because they're they're working on their technical papers, you could offer to proofread proofread things, right? I mean, you're not supposed to be doing the work, but it, you can you can help and offer suggestions. And, and the other thing that you can do is, especially if you stay involved with SAE, the professional level like I'm at now, they're always looking for help on to run these events, right? You can volunteer at an event, you can volunteer to help or help grade or grade, you know, score the design reports or the cost reports. You can physically go to the events and help with flagging or you know registration, doing things like that. So there's a lot of ways that you can stay involved. And as I said, especially with Baja, there's there's some of these unofficial events. And I mentioned my my former university is is hosting some of these unofficial events in October. It's hosted by alumni. I'm I'm pretty proud to say it. Some some of the alumni that were, I mean, they were guys on my team that when I was when I was on the team. Some of those guys, they're they wanted to stay involved. They've stayed involved and now they're they're helping run a you know 30 or 40 car invitational unofficial event, but but still an event. And and so there's all sorts of ways to stay involved. Now, one of the things that I really wanted to get to um and perhaps stress is the actual competition itself. Can you describe some of the scoring metrics? I mean, I can't imagine it's just whoever crosses the finish line first wins. Um, so can you describe that process? And I imagine it gets pretty intense. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's quite intense. So most of these events, there is, as, as I've mentioned, there's typically a cost report. There's typically a design report. And those are actually submitted before you even get to the competition. When you get to the competition, there is some form of design presentation. So you will present, you will pick a couple of people. They will present to a panel of judges. You will actually display the vehicle, talk about what you did, what's unique to your design, and answer questions and things like that. So you've got to have people that really know what went on with the vehicle. Then there's always safety checks. There's there's a, a whole host. I mean, probably the thickest part of the rule book is safety rules. But they go through, make sure that, you know, your welds are good, you know, everything's bolted and and affixed properly, make sure that there are firewalls in place or, you know, emergency disconnects on the electric vehicles as required. And then you start doing dynamic events. So uh, there, there may be acceleration and braking tests. There may be cornering tests. Formula SAE, they will typically run something like an autocross, a cone setup course. Baja, there are... There may be a hill climb. There could be a mud pit. There are all sorts of these different dynamic events to test how well the vehicles do, but they're all short. They're all, you know, 
it may be like a 30 second autocross run or, you know, zero, zero to 50 time or zero to 60 time, depending on, on what it is or, or how fast can you break from a distance or they actually have, they'll do like a toe test, you know, how far can you drag a given weight? So that's typically day two. These are typically three day events. In the third day, at least in all the Formula SAE and all the Baja events, there's an endurance race. And, and sometimes it's a distance, sometimes it's a timed event, and typically it's a multi-driver thing. Baja, I think, is more standardized on either like 100 miles or four hours. Uh, I think the Formula SAE is, I think, three or four hour endurance races. So now you've got fuel economy, you've got durability, uh, and all that stuff that, that really comes into it. And Man, it, it brings out your inner Lewis Hamiltons and, and Max Verstappens and, and things like that. And man, people are really going at it and things get damaged and they have to repair and, and rebuild and, and try and get back out if they can. So it's way more involved than just how fast can your car run this course? It's it's not even close. Um, and, and different events are weighted differently, but you're probably not going to win the event if you don't complete the endurance race. But you don't you don't necessarily have to finish first in any one event to potentially win overall. It's actually very rare that any one team truly dominates just because there, there's just so many good schools out there. I mean, these just to give you an idea, I, I believe the collegiate design series and not all of the programs, but the series as a whole, it's it's I want to say it's around 40, 40 plus years that these programs have been going on. And, and the Formula SAE and the Baja have been staples pretty much the whole time. I'm going to shift gears here and get a little personal, if, if you don't mind. Um, you went through the program as a student. Can you speak to how you benefited personally through your involvement with a collegiate race team? Oh, that's, and I'll honestly, that's one of the easier ones to answer. Um, for one, I've got a bunch of lifelong friends out of it. Uh, I still keep in contact with more than a dozen people that, you know, I'm more years out of college than I care to care to admit at this point. I mean, I graduated in 2005. Uh, so. I mean, I've got a handful of people, more than a handful of people that I, I'm still in contact with regularly. So I, I've got a lot of really good friends out of it. It definitely helped prepare me for a job in engineering and, and a job in general. Once again, it's that application. Um, it's not just the book smarts. I I know how to turn a wrench. I've I've designed things that I couldn't put together and had to go back and redo it. So I, I've kind of made some of those early mistakes. That, that a lot of people will make. I, I made them in college, so I'm not making nearly as many of them in my in my professional life. It gave me something really good to put on my resume, right? Like these programs are known in the engineering world and they are they are very well respected by companies. So it not only does it look good on a resume, it gives you something to talk about in interviews, right? I mean, if if you're spending 30 to 40 hours a week building these cars and racing them, you're passionate about it. And if you can, if you can kind of steer your interview to talking about, yeah, you know, I helped design this suspension system and we placed fifth place in 120 teams because we did this. What company wouldn't want to hire you for that? And, and, and I don't, I know this isn't probably still the case, but I mean, earlier on a company like, like some of the aerospace companies, they were actively recruiting from Formula SAE teams. And it was like the best way to get into company X was you either had to go to an Ivy League school for engineering or you had to be an S, a Formula SAE competitor. That may be a little anecdotal, but 
it was things like that. As I said, these programs are very well respected in the world of engineering and in business too. As I said, it, this isn't, these programs have really grown and they're open to everybody. So you're a business student and you can say, Hey, you know, I help, I help this team bring in four thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand dollars worth of, of sponsorship and 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 look at the website we design I helped design, right? I mean, once again, who who wouldn't want that as as an employer? Very, very well said. Um, I've got kind of a silly question here. Um, say folks out there listening just want to watch and see what these events are all about. Is there a good online platform or streaming service that that they can check out? So I did some looking because I wasn't entirely sure. There are occasionally some live streams. There is an SAE University Programs YouTube channel. And, and I think they're getting better with true live streams of certainly the shorter events, maybe not like the endurance events. There's a Formula Student TV YouTube channel, and that's actually the Formula SAE Germany competition. And that one does look like they do a lot of live streams. But in all honesty, in, in this day and age where there's GoPro and GoPro knockoffs that are pretty cheap and then pay for use cell phone plans and very uh, ingenious college students involved. It wouldn't surprise me if some of the teams probably running their own live streams from some of these events. So if, if you're interested, you can probably just go on YouTube and, and once again, just kind of like the search engine, if you start looking for Formula SAE or Formula or Baja SAE, um, those are those are some some potential options. And one other possibility, and this could be something that maybe actually some of your your listeners have maybe seen before, in the world of SCCA, Sports Car Club of America, and their autocross or solo program, there actually is a class for Formula SAE cars. So at uh, solo nationals, like it's one of the biggest automotive events, certainly in North America from a car count standpoint, there's a whole group of current and former Formula SAE cars that are out there competing, running cones with the best of them. So there's there's some there's some certainly some options out there, and and obviously if you're an alumni or there's a school you're interested in, you know you could reach out to the team and see if they've got any ideas on how you could connect with them. Now I know you mentioned this before, but just to drive the point home, pun intended, if there's someone out there listening, maybe a potential student or a potential um, Formula SAE participant that wants to learn more about these programs, how would they go about finding information? Sure. So SAE.org is is the SAE website, and, and it may take a little bit of navigation. I'm not going to try and direct you there directly now, but there is also an FSAE online website that is uh, run by SAE, and that is more specific to the, the Formula SAE program. And I believe there's a mini Baja one or a Baja SAE one as well. So, I mean, that that's general general information. But if you're looking at schools, if you're a sophomore, junior, freshman in high school and or a senior and you're trying to figure out where to go, the easiest thing to do is probably just do a search for, you know, your university name and Formula SAE or Baja SAE and see if a if a team comes up. If you're already a student and you're not sure, you know, you can go to your university website and, and probably do a search there and figure out if you have a team. Said if you have an engineering program, there's a good chance there's a team, at least one of these teams on campus. Now, there is an elephant in the room that we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, We've danced around the topic a bit already. But what does all this cost? How is a a Formula or Baja SAE team funded? Yeah, so as far as how the teams and how these programs get funding, SAE International is, you know, the parent organization. So there's 
they're handling some of it and they're kind of helping try to control the cost. And SAE works with sponsors to help. I mean, they have the high level OEMs involved. I mean, that that's everybody from, you know, your, your tier one OEM automotive suppliers, uh, a ton of, of various organizations handle putting on the events and, and that type of stuff. But the day-to-day work of the teams, most universities will provide some funding. It's going to vary depending on universities. Some are to call it a shoestring is is probably being generous. And and some teams, especially the bigger, better teams, they are very well funded by the university. But the teams tend to have to work to come up with sponsors. Um, And they can be little, they can be big. I mean, it could be, you know, a a local t-shirt shop that helps get them kind of a team uniform, get them polo shirts and things like that. It could be Goodyear like University of Akron has. There are, I mean, if you're at a university that doesn't have a big machine shop, you can try and find a local machine shop to help provide you with some of the parts that you can't machine yourself or composites. I mean, that's that's another big one. They, even, even the best universities in the world probably don't all have, you know, autoclaves and stuff to make a you know, carbon monocoque body. So they have to reach out and and do some of that. And then there's there's travel involved. Uh, you're you are building a vehicle and going to competition, and ideally, right? Uh, this this shouldn't cost the student that that much. They're certainly paying a lot to go to the university itself, so that some of that money will will also have to be kind of raised to go to go to some of these competitions. A lot of teams will use the money from the university, maybe more for the travel, and then try and sponsor the rest. These are not cheap. I mean, the the entry fees for some of these events are in the thousands of dollars. And that's on top of you have to build a vehicle. So you're probably talking some schools are, especially some of these Formula SAE vehicles, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them are quarter million dollar investments every year. So that that's a lot of money. And the university certainly isn't putting up all that. The Baja cars tend to be a little bit cheaper, but these are expensive programs, and and it's awesome that the students are finding ways to stay, to to do this, and that the universities and that companies are are supporting it. Well, we've had a pretty pretty comprehensive talk already. Are there any closing thoughts, any advice, anything you want to tell a prospective Formula SAE or Baja SAE team member? The the biggest thing is is that if you're a student or a prospective student listening, go go get involved. This is this will. I said, it will make you friends. It will give you something to do, keep you out of trouble on campus, off campus. What you gain out of your time in these programs is amazing. It, it's making your life better. It's making your company's life better. It's making you more marketable. I said, I, I can't say enough for what all these programs provide to the students. It's it's worth, it is absolutely worth the time that you put into them. Well, I think that's an excellent sentiment to end on. Uh, We've been talking with Eric Franz. He's the chairperson of the Cleveland section of the Society of Automotive Engineers, all about the Formula SAE, Baja SAE, and related uh, SAE university-focused race programs. And just to recap, we're not just talking about automotive engineers or designers here. Um, If you're a business major, communications major, you can get involved in one of these teams. So, Eric, it's been a great conversation. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.